Welcome to the last chapel service for the winter term. It is finals week next week and we could have chapel, but I know there's plenty of prayer happening during finals week anyway. that prayer and meet it from the bottom of our hearts we're going to come right back to that at the end of the sermon tonight would you pray with me Father human words are multiplied on end we need a divine word tonight Your wondrous Holy Spirit has expressed himself so well, inspiring godly men and women to so handle the Holy Scriptures that we have this confidence that you speak to us through that. And we are confident that your Holy Spirit, as he comes, will confirm and reveal and enlighten so that every word finds its proper truth in us. May that be so tonight, O Heavenly Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening. That wasn't half bad, you know. I'm a bit surprised. One of the things that a preacher needs to do is to, uh, is to gauge the amount of energy that he or she puts into a sermon. I've got about this much left. And I'm going to use it all up tonight. Is that all right? Um, as we get ready, I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians. And uh, I want you to stick with me because we're going to be using portions of, uh, of the book of Ephesians tonight. We're going to start in the fourth chapter where, where we find our theme for our chapel services this year. And then we'll jump to the third chapter and then to the fifth chapter. And then probably back to the fourth chapter. Who knows? But I, uh, I'll try to keep you in the book of Ephesians tonight. You won't remember, but I do. I, I was uh, privileged to preach very early in the school year. And at that time, my theme that I took was to try to examine what it meant when Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 talked about the whole measure. And I had fun doing that. Tonight, I'm going to move to the other end of that same phrase and try to talk at least a little bit guide us in God's Word to what it means when the word fullness is used. That tonight we sang but two songs and both of them had to do with glorifying God and asking the Holy Spirit to create that fullness in us. And so uh, we'll be using uh, 
the book of Ephesians and around there to look at some other places that the word full is used. I, I pointed out in the first of the year that the word measure, especially the Greek word that is translated measure, was used more than a few times in the book of Ephesians. And I want to assure you that it's used more than a few times. Uh, the, the word fullness is used more than a few times in the book of Ephesians as well. So we're going to come back to that. So we'll come to that in a moment. Um, our speaker last night was just, just great. If you had an opportunity to hear him and you didn't, I'm sorry about that. Uh, look at it on, uh, on the streaming video. It's worth every bit of it. But he, he said something about... Uh, uh, television games, he, video games, he said that he had stopped playing video games when his boys got old enough to beat him. He, he will start again when he gets to be a grandpa. Uh, this past weekend, I had the great opportunity to be introduced to we. Now, faculty members, we is the latest uh, television game. It has a console, and then you hold in your hand a thing called a controller. And the, 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 the module, the game module, senses any movement you make with that thing. And by moving that and pushing buttons and pulling triggers, you manipulate figures on the screen. It's great. It really is. Tennis. <laughs> you stand in front of that thing and you go like this, and a ball goes like that. And of course, you get beat. At least I get beat anyway by the computer. You play my grandkids, but it's it's fun. It's it's a it's a virtual tennis game. I tr I tried several others. Golf. <laughs> it's just as it's just as frustrating. It really is. Um, baseball is it's, it's, it's challenging, um, but a bit you get the hang of it. Everyone, boxing though puts you into a totally different world <laughs> because suddenly you can do things that a sanctified person would never do. It is, it, is just, it is just so cool. But I'll tell you, you know, everybody's looking for the, for the bright idea for the next, next video game. I've got it, folks. Virtual Christianity. <laughs> now think of it, think of it. Listen, you pull this thing out, and you have that little figure walk into the church and sit down. You have, you have him reach into his back pocket, pull out his billfold, flip out a $100 bill, put it in the tithe plate. Virtual tithing. In, in, in the office the next morning, you have the guy meet a co-worker, and he reaches into his shirt pocket and pulls out a brochure and said, have you ever heard of the four spiritual laws? Virtual soul winning. I, I think there's something going on here. I, I think it has tremendous possibilities. And if you're a preacher, with a flip of your wrist, you can have the man sit down in front of a computer, go online, print out Bill Hybel's sermon, and preach a virtual sermon. 
and it's only virtual plagiarism. Yeah, yeah, ouch, yeah. I'm so glad that God's desire to work in us is not a virtual Christian life. It's very real and very powerful. And maybe with a few chuckles, it can get us into our topic. Now, here's the plan for how this sermon is going to go. I don't know if it's a sermon. It might be a meditation. I've been wanting to do a meditation for years now. I don't know if I've ever done a meditation. So this is going to be a meditation. So, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 11. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put it on the screen, and I'm going to tell you what I think are five very important expressions that are found in the book of Ephesians about what it means to be full what it means to be full. And then we'll read a scripture that has to do with that. Then I will apply it a little bit, and then I will put on the screen and read to you a poem. My poem has five standards. My sermon has five points. <laughs> Worked out well that way. Then at the end of the, the meditation, I'll read the whole poem again. So here we go. Expression number one, Christ himself is the standard of the fullness he has designed to give us. Oh, I know that sounds very intellectual, but I want you to understand what it means. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now let me remind you that when it uses this measure of the fullness of Christ, it is saying two things at once at least. Number one, that the fullness is His fullness. It is the fullness of Him in us. I, I, I plead with you. Do not let anyone rob you of the central notion that the work of God is His work in us by His presence there. This is not mere metaphorical language. This is He really being there and really doing his work. And the second part about that is the fact that he himself is the standard of what it means to be full. Have you ever known a glass to be only half full? That's, that's an oxymoron. If a glass is full, it's full. How can it be half full? I know there's a profound thought there somewhere, but it just went over my head. <laughs> Christ's fullness is the only standard that we wish to meet. Here's uh, the first stanza of my poem. 
Fill me full, O Holy Spirit. To the Savior's full degree, measure Christ into my being. Make his stature full in me. Everything else is us manipulating ourselves until we can allow him to live his life in us. No controller. Reality. Expression number two. Christ himself has designed that this fullness is to be accomplished by the healthy working of his church. As I began to prepare this meditation, as I was reading, it became very obvious that we must push aside our notion of solitary Christianity. God's at work completing his fullness through his church. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13a. It was he, Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we are all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, etc. God's church is not just an important option, it is vital in creating the fullness of Christ in us. Oh, I, I don't like that. You know, I, I was raised on a farm in southeast Kansas, and I was taught to do everything for myself, including the fact that a man shoots his own dogs and milks his own cows. Solitary, self-sufficient. Now, I'm not going to tell you that my own personal decision and the force of my will are not important in Christianity. That's another sermon I'll preach some other time. But I am telling you this. Until we're willing to step in and be part of his church, we can never know his fullness for us, nor can we create, help create his fullness in the body. I would have been glad to have missed this point, except that it's right there. And to treat God's word with integrity, which I plan to do, I've got to, I've got to preach it. And so here is stanza number two. Fill me full, thou Holy Spirit. Through your church perfect me for the service rich for which you called me. In knowledge and faith complete, mature. Expression number three. Unity in the church is a hallmark of the full stature of Christ. Now that sounds like the last one, but it's not really. Look what it says in Ephesians 4.13. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Here's another point I would like to have left out. Because there's only one person I know that's completely right on everything besides the Holy Spirit, and that's me. And, you know, that makes it awfully difficult to be unified with anybody. Maybe one of the reasons I became a preacher is the fact that I could stand up here and have people listen, be quiet. See, I didn't get any amens on that, and that's because... <laughs> 
that's because you were that's because you were honoring my point by not saying anything. You're being quiet. Somehow, God is at work to bring unity among his people. I do not believe this unity means unity in thinking. I do believe that all true believers, all true followers of Jesus are unified in this. Number one, that they love Jesus preeminently that they have a hunger for holiness and they want to tell somebody about him. If we have that kind of unity, I think it's important. And so here's my third stanza. Fill me full, true Holy Spirit. In one faith I long to stand with brother, sister, Christ's true body drawn into a single strand. I yearn, I yearn to be part of the people of God working together to accomplish the purposes of God in this world. Expression number four. The true power of God's fullness in us is directly linked to knowing Christ's love. Now this one I like. I, I'm glad to preach this one. Look at, look at uh, the, uh, the third chapter. Someday I'm going to find out how to handle pieces of paper better when I'm preaching. I didn't take uh, Dr. Deuce's preaching class. So uh, that's the problem. Will you, will you help me with that, brother? Good. Will, will you also help me be able to see without having to go like this? Uh, I'm going to read Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. It's a bit longer. I do want to kind of let you know that there's a touch of humor in here. Uh, it's not the kind of humor that, that we do very much, but it's the kind of humor that you would find in, uh, in Hebrew or in Jewish writers at, the, at, at that time, especially writing in Greek, because it's a play on words. They really like play on, plays on words. So when we come to it, it's there, and it has to do with the word know and knowledge. So here's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Paul said, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom the, his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, the, the, little, the little humor there is that Paul said, I want you to know what is beyond human knowledge, what is beyond knowledge. It is a, it is a contradiction, and that's the kind of thing that they thought was particularly worth a chuckle here and there. But it is profoundly true that those people who are God's children have the capacity and they have the gift from God himself to know something that cannot be known any other way. And that's to know him right here. And it's true. How do I know it's true? 
It's not a feeling. That's, that's not it. It's, it's the fact that I know something. I didn't learn it by seeing it with my eyes or hearing it with my ears or any of the other five senses. That's, that's not where it came from, though those helped me in some parts of this. At the core of it all is the fact that he washed me in his love. And I've taken a deep breath and I've breathed it in. And I know it's true. I know it's true. It's something you can't know, but I know it. It's true. I don't get particularly excited about exercises to prove the existence of God. There are, there are two or three classical proofs for the existence of God. I, the, the third one is the one that I like, I, chocolate. Chocolate is the third irrefutable proof of the existence of God. A world that has chocolate in it is miraculous. It's inexplicable. All proofs for the existence of God ultimately come down to some set of rational presuppositions. Ultimately, I know him by the love he has poured in my heart. And that fills me up. Full. Full. And so my third, fourth stanza. Fill me full, strong Holy Spirit, thus to know the Master's love that so surpasses human knowing, gift of knowledge from above. Expression number five, this fullness is the work of the Spirit in Christ, the Holy Spirit, who awaits our willingness to be filled. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, that always seems a little bit strange to me, that right in the middle of an otherwise spiritual statement would be this... Uh, this reference to wine and uh, drunkenness and debauchery. So, so I've looked at this, and I think that what I think, now this is stelting, I think that what Paul was trying to do was establish a contrast. And so I would offer this uh, paraphrase from the book of Stelting. Therefore, <laughs> therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be filled with wine. That is just debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to know. I want you to feel the beauty of God's design. That he would work in love to perfect his church through the gifts he gives it. And that he would at the same time work in our hearts to fill us with himself so that we might attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to give you my fifth stanza, but I, I'm, I'm going to start and read the whole poem from the top again. And the fifth stanza will be one that's new. Fill me full, O Holy Spirit, to the Savior's full degree measure Christ into my being. 
Make his stature full in me. Fill me full, thou Holy Spirit, through your church. Perfect me for the service rich to which you called me in knowledge and faith, complete, mature. Fill me full, true Holy Spirit. In one faith I long to stand with brother, sister, Christ's true body, drawn into a single strand. Fill me full, strong Holy Spirit, thus to know the Master's love that so surpasses human knowing, gift of knowledge from above. And now the fifth one. Fill me full, O Holy Spirit. To your will I fully bow, for it is my heart's deep yearning that you would fill me and fill me now. You see, the final point, the final expression is that God is a God who honors our willingness to bow to him. All that he would do in us, as great and as powerful as he is, the creator of the universe, may be stopped by our unwillingness. No matter how true it is, no matter how profound it can be, no matter how deeply we need it, if we don't say yes in earnestness, if we don't say yes and plead for him to do it, he honors that by stepping back. Fill me full, O Holy Spirit. To your will I fully bow, for it is my heart's deep yearning that you would fill me, please, 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 Lord, fill me now. Would you bow your heads? In a moment, we're going to sing a little bit. That singing will be a way to put a period at the end of this service. But if there is some heart here in whom the Holy Spirit has come to say, I want to give you my fullness, will you say yes? And if there has been hesitancy on your part, if there is not that deep yearning, then tonight is a good time to come, to kneel here and to pray. Oh, sweet spirit, fill me now. So would you stand with me, please? Lord, you have worked, you have spoken. Would you do your work still?
heads bowed and eyes closed. I know that this time of year is one of the darkest times in the whole season. Loads have piled up, difficulties, problems. One of the ways we resist his work in us is just by giving way to exhaustion and discouragement. Perhaps there's someone here will wait just a few more moments for whom that exhaustion and discouragement has gotten so big that you've just not maintained that yearning in your heart that you know needs to be there. We'll wait just a few more minutes. They'll play it through one more time, and then we'll be finished. But if God is speaking to you, now, here, is a time to ask Him to come in and fill us now. Now we pray, Father, your words are so true, they, they ring with authenticity in our lives. We desire nothing, no affection, no activity, no attitude, nothing to stand between us and your perfect will. And so, Lord, fill us again and again to the fullness of Christ himself. We know that you stand ready to do immeasurably more than we ask or think. We take that promise and we hold it tight realizing that our faith in you and by your power itself we will know your fullness bless those who are at this altar bless those who pray with them and now as we resume classes would you teach us that way too that we might know the son of god in reality i pray in the name of jesus that wondrous incarnate Son of God 
Amen. If you must go, please go quietly. If you wish to stay and pray a bit, that's fine. Thank you.